after this evening, I just want to go to sleep, move on to the next, move on to the next part of the tour and forget tonight ever happened. And this guy <laughs> who just decided to buy loads of cheap cocaine and take loads of it himself. He was just like, do you want to see my knife connection? He's like, no, <laughs> go away. <laughs> I think I'm sleeping in the van tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 134th, 34th episode of the Cast Ends Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where interview bands and public figures from the Mathcore, Mathcore, and Jason community. Uh, my guests today dropped their sophomore album, Cajun Gold, last month through Church Road Records. Welcome in, Helpless. How's it going, guys? Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today uh what why don't you go through and tell us who you are what you do in the band i guess we'll start with sam so i'm sam i'm i play drums and vocals dan (laughs) i'm dan uh i play guitar and vocals all righty uh and yeah i'm sai i play bass and attempted vocals and uh yeah and i sweat <laughs> Dude, i love the uh, triple vocal approach it's really sick uh y'all actually just did a, a music video that we're going to be going over and uh, i saw sam wearing the uh the vocal helmet thing for you know playing drums or whatever that's fucking britney awesome mike. dude i you know the britney, britney mike, mike right, right? Uh, i, I yeah. do that live for my stuff also and like you know, you're the only other musician i've ever seen that plays extreme metal that, that has one of those on so uh huge props to you for doing that that's awesome Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a game changer using that. Because before, having to use a mic on a stand and fucking chasing right. it around and it no, never being in the right place or stands at venues that don't hold themselves up, so you just end up having to push it up your head. Now having it on your having it on your head as a Britney mic has just been an absolute game game changer. It's been yeah, the best thing I've bought probably in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys dropped your first release, uh, self-titled EP in 2015. Is that uh, when the band got together? Yeah, so that was with, um, so yeah, basically Sam and Simon joined on this album a couple of years back now. So uh, yeah, that was the first release. It was just meant to be a demo, uh, but then it got released. Wait, so you were on your own then? Uh, Dan, you were on your own the whole time? Um, so it was me and a guy called Steve and a guy called Rusty. So Steve on bass and Rusty on drums. So they did debt as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, I, I guess just things happen and members have to go off and do their own thing or whatever. But now you're with a different lineup then. I, I was yeah. not aware of that. Yeah. To Rusty, the drummer left, oh God, uh, end of 2018, I think. And then a few months later, Steve, the bassist left. So Sam actually joined in between. Uh, the previous drummer leaving and and the previous bassist leaving. Um, so then when Steve, the last bassist, left, uh, I asked. I was actually going to watch Simon's other band uh, that night, so I just kind of put the question to him. Okay. Uh, so uh, you did an EP and uh, a your debut album, Debt, uh, with the other lineup back then. Uh, both of which were awesome. Uh, but now you're back with the sophomore album, Cajun Gold, new lineup. Awesome sounding stuff. Uh, this is this the first one under Church Road Records or second one? Yeah, it is the first one. Okay, I wasn't sure if uh, Debt was put out by by them too or not, but uh, yeah, like uh, it, it's it's awesome. Uh, I feel like the whole the whole sound is like great, comes together really well. Uh, I feel like bands 
around like similar to y'all can be very monotonous and everything sounds the same because those guitars just kind of take over sometimes but uh you got uh you got something in every song to keep me engaged uh whether it's uh the riff about 30 seconds into su suppression that riff is just amazing the beginning riff for uh i wrote down the name of the song hold on where are we at the, the great silence that opening riff for the great silence what the fuck dude that's so good uh so yeah i just want to like uh, uh applaud you guys this is like one of my contenders for album of the year honestly super super good shit yeah thanks man <laughs> um but yeah so uh first one under church road records how'd you guys hook up with them um so yeah sammy um i've known sammy and i think sam's known sammy uh from church road for a lot longer than me actually but yeah i've known those guys for about 10 years anyway justine worked for the previous label that that came out on uh so yeah they were kind of the first choice really um so yeah um just kind of sent it over to them really the first first choice of label and just uh took a chance and they, they liked it so we're pretty lucky with that yeah dude yeah, uh, it seems like they're one of those labels that's like on the on the rise or whatever. Uh, they had Cruelty last year releasing something, uh, and Harriet, which is nominated for one of the UK Breakthrough Artists, or for uh, I forgot what what magazine it was for. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's crazy. Like, what's it what's it feel like to be a part of a label that's like up and coming like that? It's yeah, it's cool. yeah, I think they they really give a shit about what's going on in the UK sort of extreme music really and they kind of like they care they really like they just care about good music and the whole kind of like I don't know, community that's around it and they've both been involved in it through one way or another for such a long time they kind of just bring a lot of positive things together really which is yeah a really really good thing to work with they're just endlessly enthusiastic about all this sort of shit and it's really yeah it's really nice that's awesome uh, I feel like a lot of labels nowadays are like uh kind of try and take advantage of bands and stuff. At least I've heard a lot of bad stories about a good amount of the labels going around. So uh, that's cool that you feel like that they're like taking care of you guys and doing all right. Yeah. Well, I think also because, uh, you know, Justine and, and Sam are in Employed to Serve and they've been a band. Oh, are for, they? What the know, fuck? I didn't know that. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So they're in Employed to Serve. So they, you know, they're fucking old road dogs that have been playing with with you know us and other bands on the label for ages so it's like it's not just like hey let's start something and then you know try and get these bands to make money for us it's like these are all our bros from the road we we want to invest in the scene so we're going to like give them all a platform um you know so we get you know we, they, they help us with the music but also we can play some fucking riffs with them too on the road oh yeah so they get it you know investing in the road bros i like it that's awesome man yeah. that's so cool i didn't know they were involved in an employed to serve uh but yeah so uh you guys i guess you'd be considered power violence what what genre would you consider yourselves that's uh -huh. a kind of difficult one that's the question what way yeah. you want it to be man <laughs> a lot of people a lot a lot of people throw a lot of different genres around power violence growing core. i just see it's a horrible man really um you know in, uh, in that I, kind I, of I, I, I like to describe it as like post grind because okay. it's like grind mixed with like a post metal vibe but it's kind of mathy so i don't know like progressive post grind <laughs> all righty hey i like that progressive post grind that's what uh that's what we'll call it now whatever for i think that's, that's <laughs> what <PPG. Yeah. laughs> uh what uh what influences are going to the sound what are the main influences so yeah i mean from the get-go, number one, it was 
Gaza, like no fucking two ways around it. It was uh, all I wanted to do was just see if I could try and make that noise. And then I still haven't quite got there, but it's yeah, I don't know. It's I, I like to think it's turned into its own thing. That, that was where it started. Like that was where I wanted to focus. And then, you know, I like a lot of other bands. So just try and draw influence from everything uh, that seems appropriate at the time. Okay. Anything besides just Gaza? I mean, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I mean, encompassing. I suppose, yeah, Gaza was was number one, and yeah, I mean, I suppose before that, like Converge was the band that got me into that side of metal. Um, so it's always Converge, um, but I don't know. I like like you know, I like Jesus Lizard and Shellac and those old kind of like alt rock, noise rock sort of bands. So I okay. try to inject a little bit of that into. The grind side of things. This is the grindcore bands that I always really liked were like Brutal Truth, and there's a Australian band called Agents of Abhorrence, and like Agents of Abhorrence are fucking ridiculously good, but they do that janky sort of scratchy. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe, but um, yeah, it's just to me, I always hear that like. So, to be honest, when I heard Converge the first time, I was like, oh, it's like metal with that thing I like Sonic Youth do, which is the dissonant thing, and that. You know, back when I was like 14, it's like Sonic Youth for a massive band for me. Okay. And I was done with metal because I got into grunge. Um, and then, then I heard Converge, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm back in the metal now. I was a little worried you weren't going to mention a bunch uh, more grindcore bands. I'm glad we got a couple in there because I was like, wait, aren't you like supposed to be super influenced by grindcore? But <laughs> I think all three of them like come from different backgrounds because the way this lineup kind of. Um, merged is we, we're, we're all from different bands in the scene and it became like this kind of weird unspoken about super group of different local bands so like sam is from you know a, a legendary uk grindcore band human cull um and has a history of like playing death metal and, and like straight brutal grindcore and like i am in a band called monolithian which is like a blackened like sludging doom band so like i think helpless kind of the way it is now its influence comes from like three very different directions and kind of like merge in the middle so you've got dan with like the dissonant hardcore and like sonic youth style and then sam with like the sort of in like stuff like fear factory and like <laughs> brutal metal and grindcore and i'm coming in from like you know um like big business um sleep and and uh bongzilla and shit like that and it all, it all just kind of crushes in together. I love you mentioned Bongzilla, by the way. Love that band so much. Nobody ever talks yeah, about them. I've got to suck my own dick for a second, right? Because, like, Bongzilla have been, like, one of my favorite bands forever. And uh, I was, I, I manifested for so long. I was like, I want to play with Bongzilla. And, like, and, like I was like, this is never going to happen because they didn't play for ages. And then they got back together and I managed to play a bunch of shows with them. And then one of them gave me a noogie. And I was like, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, the way I, under the way that it seems like uh, the writing and writing process, it looks like Dan, you probably write everything and then everybody throws their thing, their uh, stuff into it to make it spicy. Uh, or? I, I've written like the bulk of the lyrics. Um, and I think a lot of the ideas started with just a guitar riff that I'll, kind of bring to the practice room but yeah i don't know what what there might be one song that i'd written most i wrote most of it kind of 
with drum machines and shit. But mm. yeah, I, I, I prefer going into the rehearsal room and fucking with things and changing it from what I, I, I don't know, kind of encouraging accidents, like happy accidents sort of thing. I think it's really important. And then, yeah. and then everyone gets their own voice, you know, because if I, I've done it before where I'll get so um, focused on what, what I, th where I think it should go. I can't kind of see where like, but yeah, when, when I hit a brick wall, it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the brick wall at that point. And so I need other people to kind of open that up and, um, yeah. Right, as someone that writes their own music, I, I totally get what you're saying. Where it's hard to move forward sometimes, and it must be nice having these other guys that can uh, help move things along. So, so this was really a collaborative effort. Then this wasn't just like all on on Dan yeah. or, or whatever. Like you, each, like everybody else, brought their own thing. Simon and Sam, you guys brought your own thing to this thing. Yeah, well, like Dan had like a lot of riffs, and even Dan and Sam had been working on songs. Uh, with previous bass player before I joined, so there was already like the tr the, the wheels had started turning, but the engine wasn't on. Mm. Um, and then we, we we took a lot of those riffs, and then we just kind of it was like a bit of you know that bit in Ghost where Swayze and fucking Demi Moore and they got their hands on the smushing all together. <laughs> like Dan was there doing his thing, and then me and Sam came in with our Swayze hands and like helped him <laughs> it together. Um, but I, That's I, 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 I was, yeah, but I was, I was worried because I didn't want to try to bring too much to the table and like um, bastardize the sound. Um, because then, if no one liked the album, it'd be my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that um, this is going to sound. I know that like Simulacrum was uh, like mostly Sam. Uh, you you brought a lot. That was like your baby, your baby tune, mm. and like Unseen Servant was something that I I tr wrote and then Dan just like fixed entirely. And like I think suppress suppression was like half a song that I wrote and then half like a, the remainder of a song that we wrote but didn't like and we just kind of smashed it together. Um, so we, yeah, we just kind of all threw our threw our our, our spices into the stew. I like that. I like that now. Uh, what about you, Sam? Uh, what was your uh, big mark on the record, or what were we helping out? It's similar sort of approach to Simon, really. And uh, like Simon and I both kind of coming into the band, it already having a you know an established sound, I suppose. And both of us really being a big fan of that sound and what Helpless was before coming into it and not wanting to like change how it was really, not wanting to change Helpless and how, how Helpless you know sounded as such, um, and kind of coming into it and trying to like emulate what had been done before but in our own kind of way rather than you know trying to kind of because i think if i was to go into helpless with a similar approach to what i'd been in other bands and what i've been doing in other bands it'd be completely different so kind of going into it and helpless kind of being the influence on me as to what i wanted to write for helpless so hearing what they've done before and being like, I want to play stuff like that. I want to see if I can write stuff like that because I've never done anything really like that. Never really written anything that sounds like that before. So it's kind of like using the band that I became part of is the influence to writing for that band. Okay. So this was, uh, uh, you were looking at it more like a challenge. Let's see if you could like play this kind of style. Then I Kind of. It was, it was more of a, a case of like changing my drum style slightly because it is like the, the tempo of it is a bit, slower than I'm, than I'm used to 
Um, it's slower. Okay, because it seems yeah, really I'm, fast. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm used to just playing in really blasting grindcore bands. Okay. So this is, a, you know, there was a bit, the tempo is a bit slower. There's a bit more space to kind of like play around with some rhythmic bits and pieces that I had, you know, never really done in a band context before. So it was a case of going into Helpless and being like, yeah, I can see if I can, I want to see if I can play the sort of stuff that Helpless play. See if I can write stuff that still sounds like that band still bringing in some of the influences and the, you know the things that i like but i mean we've all known each other for such a long time we all kind of like you know we know each other through through playing music playing bands and hanging out and listening to music we kind of know what each other's like taste is i suppose and what we can all bring to it as a, as a, as a collective and i suppose there's like a new band despite it not being a, a new band as a you know as a band right right uh, but yeah, Sam and Simon, have y'all done vocals before this, or is this like a new experience for you guys? Because uh, not oh, a lot yeah. of bands do. All all the members have vocals. Yeah, yeah. I, I've yeah. Been, <laughs> you've been doing vocals in, in other bands for okay, you know, 10, ten plus years. And I, I think like you know, Dan was very encouraging of being like, yeah, get get involved. And it was it's good to see let Sam uh, kind of shine because you've always done kind of back in vocals and in human car and stuff. So it's good to like open it up and let you do your your little toilet noises. <laughs> toilet noises. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've always done I've always done vocals in some sort of context. Oh yeah. In all in all bands that I've been in since like you know the sort of first bands I started when I was in school. That's before I was even playing like playing drums. Started playing like bass and playing guitar and did vocals then. And then yeah, Simon said doing doing vocals, playing drums in human car as well. It kind of made sense to bring that that triple vocal attack into helpless because we've all done vocals and we all can do it. Yeah, I feel like that's a really important part of the band is uh, the the triple vocal attack, as you were saying. That's a that's a interesting. Yeah, it, it actually sort of came from the, the band that before helpless um, was the um, it was me and Steve and a guy called Sean, but Steve the previous bass player of Helpless was in, I was in another band with him before. And that was a similar thing. It was a triple vocal. That was a bit more straight up grind, but yeah, I always liked it. I just think you've got three instruments there ready to use. Why aren't you using them? You can really play with the kind of, I don't know, micro dynamics that you can kind of get, I suppose, if you want to call them that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And in metal, you can, you can, I was gonna say, I think like, um, and if if me and Sam can pick up saying it, it like leaves Dan room to be more experimental with like um, sort of soundscapes when it comes to the guitar that maybe would be difficult to do or having to put all the attention on this mic, you can kind of step back and and, and create some atmosphere. Um, right, right. Or do something a little more like technical or something harder yeah. to pull off or whatever. I, I totally feel that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. We don't have to like compromise the the vocal intensity. It's like, oh, I can't do vocals there because I can't play it. It's like, well, there's two other people that might be able to do it, depending on what they're playing. Okay, well, uh, so moving from vocals right into like lyrical inspiration, uh, the record seems to be like how we're all fucked and just too distracted to see it. Is that about right? Yeah, in in a roundabout way. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's a pretty good analogy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's not, there's nothing positive to take from this. Although I did kind of think I wanted to put a minor positive spin on this album, but it didn't really work out that way. Well, it's called Helpless, so I would, I would hope you wouldn't put any like hopeful things. You well, know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be helpless, well, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we um, kind of backed ourselves into a corner there. <laughs> uh, I, I got a couple of excerpts that I wanted to talk about. Uh, first one uh, f- from Focus Group Extraction. Uh, they've gotten they've gotten to you like a pack of wolves dressed as lambs. They're burning brands. We'll find the God for you. What exactly is is this about? What is this song about? Um, yeah, that was me. So it's it's, it's kind of um. So I th- I used the line moral appropriation in that song. So that's kind of how I've I've been viewing. I don't know, uh, ad- advertising and and um, marketing have kind of. I don't know. It's such a see through thing um, to see brands kind of latching onto moral movements really quickly um literally seeing the same company so i suppose it, funnily enough it got sparked from like mcdonald's doing a vegan burger uh and i'm just kind of it just confused me i'm not i'm not vegan and I, i'm i'm not anti-vegan by any means at all uh um but yeah i don't know there's just something about the very people that you know the biggest company that has been murdering animals for fucking decades are now going to offer a vegan option so that those people who had a moral objection to that company are now going to be pouring their money into it which is the very thing that you kind of don't want to do yeah but dress it up as like hey yeah but we're giving the option it's uh what's what's the thing people like to say um it's raising awareness it's like well yeah just about a product that they're just gonna I mean, they're just well. doing what uh, fattens their bottom line, right? Like uh, opening up to other people. It's not like they're doing it for some moral thing. You know what I mean? No, exactly. That's yeah, it. It's yeah. just like, oh, this moral uh, movement seems to be big. Let's latch onto that and we'll have it. And you see it right. everywhere. Or how um, all the companies uh, blacked out their their profile images on like Facebook and Instagram and stuff during Black Lives Matter or whatever, you know? They don't really care. <laughs> Performative capitalism. There you go. There you go. I like it. Formative, like, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I, I, it just, yeah. um, okay. Well, uh, you also have another great one that I love, it's the, the closing line for the album, uh, on the great silence. And so, you follow the dying flame, but the light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train. That's fucking awesome. I love how you ended it with that, that's so good. <laughs> Because everyone's like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's just, oh, it's a fucking train. That's such a good analogy, man. I love that so much. Yeah, I, I stole that from a philosopher called Slavoj Žižek. He's, um, oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard a little bit of, of him talking, and I can't stand it because just his accent and stuff. Like, I'm good. And once you get past it, it's, <laughs> it, it's gold. He's a bit mad, but it's, it is gold. <laughs> no, um, he's, he's great. <laughs> Something he says is great, but it sounds like his mouth is full of water, and like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it's a wet mouth. <laughs> he's a yeah. wet She's got a very wet mouth. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's got a little goldfish near his mouth. He's got to keep alive. Uh, so. I would say this album sounds way better than last time in terms of production. Like it feels more open and bigger. The other one, like I listened to them back to back to try to like get differences and stuff. And the last one was just like not fully open, I guess is a good way to say it. Um, who helped you out with this one? Um, so this was a friend of ours uh, called Rich Robinson. He lives in the same town as me, Plymouth. Um, and yeah, um, I, I've never worked with him before. So uh, I wanted to just, I wanted to work with someone local as well because um, last time we went up to London from Plymouth, which is basically the opposite end of the country, it's like a 
five, six hour drive. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to, uh, I wanted to be able to kind of chip away at it rather than, yeah, last time it was kind of four days, go in, do it, and then that's tough shit after that. Um, yeah, I wanted to take a bit more time this time, which was well worth it. Nice. Uh, so who did like the mastering stuff or did this one guy do everything? Uh, that was Lewis Johns, who's done countless things. A UK guy, he's done like Ithaca. I think he, he's done lots of employed to serve stuff. I think he records employed to serve. Um, most heavy bands like from the, the UK, he's probably recorded. I think he does Rolo Tomasi stuff in that as well. Oh, nice. Okay, well, sick. Yeah, so this is all like a UK production, then, like the labels in the UK, the people that recorded it, guy that mastered it, all that stuff is right in the UK. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm alone. <laughs> okay, that's so sick. I love that. Um, so uh, we got the album art somewhere. Here we go. Boom! It's up on stream now. Uh, the album art. Uh, what exactly are we looking at? Uh, <laughs> what do you think it is? What do you think it looks like? Uh, I don't know. Some dude like covering his face in gold, I guess. So the Cajun gold kind of works out like that. But uh, I don't know. Uh, he seems to have a little too many fingers. Not sure. <laughs> so, uh, what, what is it supposed to, to be or symbolize at least? Um, well, I think similarly with the lyrics i mean as much as they come from specific places for me i'd kind of want other people to use their own minds on that one um and the same with the artwork like um i kind of i did give uh chris nichols the guy who um did the artwork uh he also did the the album artwork for debt as well so it's the oh, same i was gonna artwork. ask if he did this, if it was the same guy okay um so yeah they um i i gave them a, a specific brief uh, which I shouldn't have done, really. Uh, I had a very specific idea what I wanted. Um, and after a couple of weeks, he kind of came back and said, could I try my own thing? Because um, they had a really good idea. Uh, so I just said, yeah. And it wasn't long until that came back. And to be honest, it was similar with um, with the album artwork for Debt. I kind of just saw that painting. I was like, that, to me, I don't know, it kind of uh, transcends words I, I just like that just felt right that it just felt like it summed it up but it, it kind of didn't it doesn't need to be any kind of grand uh sort of meaning behind anything i think if it, it just crap captures the vibe i feel the um, same about both of the covers actually they're, they're both amazing this guy's really good uh they're real paintings right yeah it's all oil painting and you own them right um steve the previous bass player owns the other one but yeah i've got the the new occasion uh, gold one okay awesome stuff. awesome dude there's so many bands i've talked to who've had like real paintings done and they don't own the actual painting and i'm like what the fuck are you doing like buy that yeah. that's crazy to me like i would buy that in a second you know it's, it's wild yeah. that's awesome that you guys uh, have the actual painting and stuff um and uh you also have a music video that we'll talk about in here uh it's for wraiths of memory which is one of like the more memorable uh opening riffs I feel like it's gonna get really loud in a second and i'm gonna regret having this as high as i have it but anyway so uh what whose idea was it to do the uh performance vid in the i guess it's a garage is that where you're at um it's kind of uh i don't even know what you describe it it's just kind of like a empty uh art building sort of thing they've just got like a performance space at the top so okay yeah, yeah like, like, like people doing like workshops and like uh, playing 
like chess and drinking coffee. And yeah, like, a little cafe downstairs. Oh, yeah, nice. it's like a, like a communal free art space for workshops and, and doing stuff. And then they just had this big open, like, top floor, and we just put curtains up and set up and just fucking went for it. That's sick. Most uh, uh, performance videos are like, they seem really easy, like they're just like kind of cop outs or whatever, but this one you can feel the aggression. I don't know, this works really, really well for you guys. Like, uh, like yeah, like I said, most. Uh, performance videos I just write off and don't even like pay attention to but all like the camera work and stuff's really good too like the the shaking that it does and like it does these weird pans I guess what you would call that when like, the camera goes around yeah. the room or whatever um so yeah props to whoever filmed this because like they, they did a great job that was Rusty actually the previous drummer uh filmed that he did all the other music videos as well that we've done okay okay they yeah, you can't escape that easily um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Russ Russ a really, really fucking good filmmaker. Yeah, so yeah, all the, the previous music videos were all done by him and yeah, that's why they kinda look good and cinematic, because that's what he does. So he makes movies? Like what? What movies is he? Uh, yeah, I mean, anything I would know, probably not, right? He, he makes sort of independent uh, film, but he's, he's done quite a lot um, okay. here and there. He works at a college, but um, yeah, in his kind of spare time, he makes making film. Okay. Um, yeah, check out South of Devon films on Instagram. That's that's him. South yeah. of Devon. One second, let me write that down. Devon, which is D E V O N, which is the county that in England we're from. And yes, it's a play on South of Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Uh, so we got a random question here we ask everybody. What do you put on your hot dogs? Fuck. No, I don't put fuck on my hot dogs. Um, <laughs> like, I like to fuck my hot dogs, bro. <laughs> See, a hot dog is my, is my favorite food. It's my like, oh, it's my all time. If you know, if I was about to die, and they were like, "What do you want to eat?" But like, give me a dog. But For that's, real? That's that's your that's your favorite food ever, is it? My favorite food that's ever. Your, that's man. your death row meal. Yeah. <laughs> Sling me a dog. Um, yeah. So what's on that dog? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a simple mustard and catch fella. Yeah, but one time, I, one time when I was in Prague. Uh, I had a hot dog that was covered in smaller hot dogs. What? <laughs> How? <laughs> it was like I thought it, was, it sounded like a joke, but it wasn't, and it was good. I mean, I don't you don't get to be this chungus without you know putting your work in. But it was like a big bratwurst, yeah, in like a in like a loaf of bread, and then it had very small sausages that were like spicy, and they were like on top of the dog, and then like sourced up. So, you know, it's like, yo, dog, I heard you like dogs. We put dogs on your dog so you can dog while you dog. And I just chomped it. I think that's the oddest one that uh, I've heard I've heard so far. So it's <laughs> fucking incredible. <laughs> I, I definitely think I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to when it comes to hot dogs or burgers. I know when like burgers and kind of like gourmet burgers kind of blew up and became a big like trendy food thing and people were just putting all sorts of shit 
I was like, just give me ketchup, onions, mustard, and some cheese. No, I'm, I'm happy. Don't try and overcomplicate. You know, don't try and overcomplicate the classics. Yeah. Okay, so that's your hot dog then? It's just uh, ketchup and onions? Ketchup, and, uh, ketchup, onions, mustard. Leave it at that. Yeah. Keep it simple. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm going to go with that. Although yeah. I could go for a chili dog because that's what Sonic would have, so. Very good. <laughs> chili dogs, uh, you have Sonics over there in the UK? <laughs> yeah, he's touring at the moment. Oh, like, oh, a guy named Sonic. Okay, there's a there's a a, a business name called Sonic that's all over America that sells like hot dogs oh, and shit. So I, I was oh, like, wait, y'all have that there? <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Sorry, I'm just being a fucking nerd. <laughs> well, uh, I, I do love a chili dog, man. But you, uh, no beans in the chili that's on the dog. It's got to be just like a meat sauce chili. Okay, okay. No, I'm I'm down with that. I don't think I want beans on my hot dog. I don't know. That one sounds weird to me. Yeah, just you know, with the, a good a good chili dog. I'm a, I'm a chef, so you've got me on the wrong not down the wrong road here. But a good <laughs> chili dog chili is when you know you, if you make like smash burgers or you put burgers on the on the on the grill, any kind of like meat crumbs that are left over, just fucking scrape that shit onto the side, put it in a tub, and like make that your chili, and that's like the perfect hot dog chili. You heard it here first. Yeah, that's that's what they do at Wendy's. I, was, I saw that on that training video. Oh, is that, is that what they do? Oh, wait, I haven't shown you the grill skills training video, have I? Fuck. That's about time. Next time, next time we're down, we're having a Wendy's training video session. We're gonna. Oh, mate, honestly, <laughs> it's the best thing. Just type in Wendy's, Wendy's 80s training video. It's fucking great. <laughs> uh. But yeah, Simon, you also have a podcast uh, uh, we'll bring up for a second. Uh, Seabim, you want to tell me what it's about? Yeah. Uh, I do it every week on Tuesday, and it's like a comedy, attempted comedy interview thing where I, I ask people in bands to like bring four things that they fucking hate from their lives or you know silly things, and we just debate whether or not we want to throw them out forever. I have this like um, thing called the Seabim, which is like a big you know, like a trash can in the ocean where things go to die and be excluded in exile forever. And we debate it and then it goes in and then I get sent in horrible questions about, you know, shitting yourself and stuff and we talk about it. Okay. No, it actually sounds like it'd be really funny. I really want to check it out, actually. <laughs> yeah, I do that every every Tuesday. It's on Spotify and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. You You're going to have to send me the link for that. So, you'll put... yeah. so uh, what's next for you guys? Uh, and helpless. So uh, you got like touring plans or uh, anything like that coming up? Yeah, so we're planning to um, uh, do a tour in just the UK at the moment in October. Uh, so we're just booking that up at the moment. But yeah, we had a release show last weekend and got Ooh. coronavirus afterwards. So I've just been dealing with that all week. So nice. Yeah. But but yeah, next week I'm going to get back on it and start yeah booking that tour and then yeah hopefully play some festivals next year. Um, so yeah, hopefully people ask. How was the uh, yeah. release show? Yeah, great, really, really good. Other than getting COVID, it was fucking sweet. Uh, yeah, we had um, a band from Wales, which isn't far from Plymouth, uh, which is where I'm based, uh, called They Live We Sleep. They're really good. Oh, okay, no, I know them. They're awesome. Great yeah, yeah, awesome. I, I just wanted to see them play, so I just selfishly booked them. Um, and we had Ephemasculata, which is an X Files themed hardcore band from Cornwall which is where Simon's from. Okay. And, That's awesome. And don't let the gimmick trick you into thinking that it's lame. 
because it's really fucking hard. It's so yeah, good. They're really good. Uh, oh, I know like a band uh, called Serling, and their gimmick is uh, they're the Twilight Zone base. They're based on the Twilight Zone. So like oh, it's the exact same thing. It's just the Twilight Zone. So now I like I totally understand. Like the band could still be sick and have like the weird. Uh... But yeah, they kind yeah, of sound like the kind of what? It's like sorry. I was gonna say they kind of sound like F minors. It's nah, just like really mean riffs. Um, and uh, yeah, they all dress up like FBI agents and shit. It's great. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah, it so, sort of reminds me of like, Graf Orlock in a way. Sorry, do, do you know that band Graf Orlock? Oh yeah. Uh, what was it? Destination Tomorrow was the big. Was the one with the briefcase on it? The one with the briefcase yeah. on it. I know is like the one that's like fucking awesome. Yeah, I fucking love that band, man. Like. Jesus Christ, such a good band. Like, I, I still, I'm, I'm fine with the gimmick. Um, but yeah, I do always think that they might have got taken more seriously uh, if they weren't a movie grind, cinema grind band. Um, cinema grind, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that band though. They're fucking awesome. Uh, so y'all played a decent amount of shows. What's the best show you guys have played? Actually, is Sam and Simon is. Have y'all played a show yet besides the release show? Yeah, we've done a few, okay, not too many, okay. but maybe like maybe like five or six. Okay, I was thinking like y'all oh, might have come yeah. in like right when COVID was hitting, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure if y'all had a chance or whatever. No, we might we mostly get a couple of we mostly get a couple of shows in before before the whole COVID thing happened, um, okay. and then we got so we've had like two lockdowns in the UK. We had a couple of gigs in between lockdowns, and then a couple of gigs sort of afterwards, or three gigs afterwards. So yeah, it's probably been about six or seven shows that we've that we've played in this in this band okay well uh what's the best show you guys have played that is a tough one uh with this lineup uh any lineup any lineup um oh god helpless did play download festival which was weird what so that, that was it wasn't really i'd never been to download either so that was kind of cool that's like um, big time shit, right? Like that's crazy. Yeah, it's not like the the dog tooth stage. It was like the the smaller stage, but Napalm Death were headlining that that evening, so that was kind of cool on that stage. Uh, <laughs> that's still sick. That's awesome. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was a really fucking weird time. Um, Why was it weird? Like you I feel like you didn't just, belong. Because we kind of like um, it was rusty that the old drummer kind of knew a few people, uh, so we were kind of like in the backstage areas so yeah we just kind of chat into random fucking people like alexis on fire guys that was weird so i'm not into that band but it was just like you're those guys i'm aware of this is strange <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome like, man. in a couple of years stuff. you'll be uh some like little band will be opening for you and they'll be like oh there's you're in that band that i'm aware of <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're, you're, you're apparently famous <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to think, man. What was the best? I, you know, um, I think the first show that we played um, after the first sort of lockdown, you know, the, the first show we we played since the pandemic kind of hit was one of the most profound, um, and we, it was yeah. really good having you know such a, a long break because of such an unprecedented thing, and not being able to play shows or even go do anything, go and see bands play or even you know meet up and play ourselves really. I and can imagine the all the people were like just excited to be out of their house, you know. 
it, it, it was it was kind of a combination of excitement and sort of trepidation, I suppose, and not really being really sure because it's been such a long time since anybody's really done it. Just kind of like, is this is this okay? Is this you know is this is this going to be like a good idea now? Or, you know, there were so many unknowns around being out and doing public things in confined spaces at that point, and it, it turns out that you know we ended up a couple of months later then going back into another another lockdown because of the the cases rising, but. It was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was really, really good, really cool to see, you know, to see other people and see friends of ours and playing, you know, we, we played in London, so it was you know, in a different place, a complete change of scenery from what we've been used to for the last, you know, however many months of just sitting in our pants playing video games. Um, and it was really, really cool, but it was, at the same time, it was kind of just like, this is odd. This is, I'm not used to this now. I've gotten so used to just sort of sitting in and seeing, like, just my girlfriend and just doing that. Yeah. And you kind of they guess they get to a certain point. I think with you kind of get to a point where you sort of accept that that's just what life is going to be like for a little bit. And then when it you're able, you know, you're released and free and able to go into the world of world and do stuff, it's like this feels weird. This feels odd, but it was really cool. And I think that's kind of it had quite a big, you know, profound impact. I think on a on me as far as going out and being like, oh yeah, I'm finally going back out and doing the thing that I love and hanging out with people I've not seen for ages and yeah it was cool yeah I think my the same yeah that Blackheart show the first show back that was yeah I think I think I agree is Blackheart the venue or the band you all play yeah the venue okay also shout out to um to Matt who was the box office uh guy from the Blackheart who died of a heart attack um like today yesterday yeah it was yesterday yesterday, yeah. yeah That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Sad, I, didn't know, I didn't know him super well, but every time he played, I'd always have a good chat with him and stuff. And uh, he was a real sweetheart. So rest in peace, Matt from the Blackheart. Shout out. Well, uh, from that to <laughs> what's the what's the worst show you guys have played? Um. Oh, right. Oh, I don't know because the show was good. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't have to be necessarily time. like difficulty playing the show, but like you know. Things before or afterwards, maybe, you know, something weird happened. I don't know. Yeah, I've been quite lucky, I think, generally. But yeah, we, the, we, we did drive up to Nottingham one year. So from where I am, Plymouth, it's like a four-hour drive. And we got paid £9 for that. <laughs> what? Guys <laughs> picking a massive bottle of cider. It's just like, here's your money, boys. Right. <laughs> that kind of sucked. But the show was really good. I'm just trying to think. Uh, there was a show in Campbell, and I don't know if you were there, Simon, with Chemical Team back in the day. Yeah, I, I, I booked it, I think. I made the gig poster. Yeah, we had to like... I, I, I remember getting a text from the sound guy who was very angry at you. Uh, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> I, I did nothing. I turned up and played, and our vocalist just basically insulted the entire audience, and then we like left immediately because we had... like. We had to get a train. Um, so it was just a, a fucking abysmal show. So that would definitely be the worst. Why did yeah, the vocalist uh, insult the crowd? I can't even remember what he said, but just the fallout the next day was just a bunch of people posted on the event page. Like, you guys fucking suck. sound <laughs> guy <laughs> that was like, don't fucking book these guys again. <laughs> like, apparently Marcia, like, fucking smashed a mic in the floor and broke like caved the mic in 
or something. Damn. <laughs> he was just being belligerent. I mean, it was it's funny thinking about it now, but yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know this kick. That was bad. Yeah, I don't think we've. I've not had any bad gigs with others. All the gigs that we've had, you know, I said haven't been very many. It's been sort of six or seven. They've all been really, really cool. Um, in, in other bands, had some very forgettable gigs. I suppose probably the worst one I think I've ever played was a gig in in Liverpool. Funnily enough, actually, with we I was touring. My band was touring with Oblivionized that Sammy from Church Road Ooh, used to play. Oblivionized is so fucking sick. I think I love him so much. Yeah, so we um we did like a, a little UK tour with them we played in in, in, in liverpool um and it was just a bit yeah it was a, it was a bit sketchy uh the, 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 the venue itself just seemed a little bit dodgy and kind of yeah it was just quite unpleasant i don't really want to go into any massive details on it because it's just it wasn't very nice but yeah that was probably the worst gig i ever played and then we ended up staying at some guy's house who then decided to take loads of cocaine and show us his large knife collection, which was a bit sketchy. Nice. <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck are we doing? I just want to go to sleep. Like after this evening, I just want to go to sleep, move on to the next, move on to the next part of the tour and forget tonight ever happened. And this guy <laughs> who just decided to buy loads of cheap cocaine and take loads of it himself. He was just like, do you want to see my knife collection? He's like, no, <laughs> go away. <laughs> I think I'm sleeping in the van tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That was probably that was probably the worst gig I've ever played. But looking back on it, it was quite funny. But at the time, it really wasn't. I do. I just wanted to go home. Oh, I, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for uh, for me, I, I'm I'm going to try to make this funny because this is like not a funny story at all. Um, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of harrowing. Um, but maybe like. 10 or 11 years ago in my other band we're like a thrash punk band called rash decision and we were on tour in in mainland europe and we played in uh, a place in belgium called antwerp and it was this it was a squat that was in the catacombs underneath like an abandoned church um and I'm, i'm super asthmatic right um i'm better than i was then i'm like I was super bad then, like really, really asthmatic. And like this, the tunnels of this place had like no ventilation. It was like full of black mold and damp and dust. And everyone was just smoking ciggies. And um, it was just full of like dogs that like had legs missing and people with no teeth and like people with like needles hanging out of their arms and shit. And there was this one guy who was standing <laughs> next to me. This does not sound cool and... anymore. I'm sorry. This does not sound cool it, anymore. It, it gets worse. <laughs> there was a guy who was, who was standing on the side of the stage and he was blowing a harmonica into my ear for, okay. for the whole, he was like, <laughs> like just right in my fucking ear. And then I started having an asthma attack as I was playing. And I was like, I'm going to try and get through this gig I can't breathe, but if I just focus, if I like try and meditate, I just close my eyes and play and just try and get through and then I can go outside and get some air. So I got my eyes closed and I'm playing and then all of a sudden I just fucking die. Um, like for real, like dead, I was dead. What? Uh, uh, I just stopped breathing. Uh, no, so like- not just passing out, but like you're saying that you like died, like it was done, it was game over. I stopped breathing, heart stopped, I was dead. And I got dragged out, and they fucking, like, brought me back in, in the rain, in the streets of Antwerp, but they couldn't call the ambulance because it's a squat, 
And if the authorities know where they are, there's like 50 homeless Belgians. And that's, you know, that's more important than the life of some 18 year old fucking fat English dude. So like, <laughs> they fucking bring me back and I'm like, <gasps> you know, I come back sucking on my inhaler. I'm sitting in the street and, uh, and yeah, that fucked me up for a bit. I, I had nightmares that I was suffocating for like months after that. Every time I'd play, I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> god damn uh, dude that's crazy uh, so that wasn't funny you said this was gonna be funny it was not funny <laughs> <laughs> dude that was fucking insane oh my god I mean, you know, not many people you know say that they've they, they they you know they went they fucking corked it no right that's fucking crazy dude yeah when you said that there were dogs missing their legs it was like this isn't gonna be funny like i know this isn't gonna be funny <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, but I was thinking I'm gonna be like, oh, you know, played a venue and there's no one there, and we didn't get paid, and you know, we'll stay. Like that happens all the time, but I think, I think, yeah, like having an asthma attack and and like you know, perishing. I think that takes. Dying a gig is probably the worst gig I could imagine having. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, fucking you... crazy, dude. God. Yeah. <laughs> if it had happened on stage of a really big show, it would have been really cool. <laughs> right no. is there footage of this like, on, on youtube or something like then then we're talking no no, no this was like <laughs> way back when but imagine if we were like playing to like thousand people or something and then yeah all of a sudden i just drop and you see my little ghost go out my body and go up into the sky <laughs> sorry we can laugh right now because you're not actually dead yeah, not as far as we are known. No, yeah, not as far as we know. You're a really, <laughs> well, no, no, you're a really powerful ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Some ancient crosspunk necromancer, like fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perform the fucking level five resuscitate on me, and like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys have shirts, CDs, and vinyl available at your band camp. Um, I saw there was another variant that y'all didn't have on the uh, old uh, Church Road Records website. Is there anything else on there? I don't think so. I think it was all the same merch. Um, yeah, the label deal with kind of the orders through Bandcamp. Um, so yeah, we've got copies of our of the LP, just oh, like okay. the beer, the clear beer sort of coloured one. Um, but yeah, I think there's a subscribers only one, so the Church Road do a subscription thing. Um, okay. So yeah. As a subscribers only variant, I think. Um, yeah, I think there's only 500 LPs done, same in CDs. Um, yeah, we, we've got t shirts and stuff uh, that we haven't, I haven't put up online yet, but they'll be going up this week. Will that be on your band camp or on like a big cartel? Or uh, a big cartel, so we'll, we'll do some posts and all that okay. shit. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're not great at the old fucking internet stuff, mate. <laughs> <laughs> or it, or it's sort of shilling our stuff, which is like, yeah, it's there, Jordan. Yeah. Got Wi-Fi, you know. only got Wi-Fi like two years ago. It's just been installed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you have any merch you can show off? Oh uh, yeah, I got some stuff, mate. <laughs> I got some stuff I could show you. Yeah. Got to take it somewhere. Lovely, mate. Lovely gold print on that. Dude, that's nice. What's the image of exactly? It's like a flower. Um, it's like uh, oh fuck, I think it's a chrysanthemum. Um, okay. Uh, it did have some meaning. A guy called Christworks, Jamie Christworks, who does some I'm music familiar. as well. I'm familiar. Yeah, he's a tattoo artist, but he did a t-shirt for Pupil Slicer a little while ago. Right. Um, 
yeah he's sick he's really really fucking good but i just wanted to get something designed by him so got that i've got that on slip mats as well which we've got very limited numbers of i i do screen printing so i'm kind of like printing our merch okay nice uh, other than that one on the band okay. Well, I also just noticed you have an amp behind you that says Helpless on it. That's fucking sick. Oh, no. It does yeah, say Helpless, my... right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's fucking um, sick, dude. Yeah, it's just my cable box. But yeah, some dude did that in um, in Antwerp, actually. Simon, there oh, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same guy. Is that cross prong? <laughs> Those look pretty spooky, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that was done by a necromancer. That looks like a yeah. necromancer's handwriting. That is yeah. necromancer's handwriting. It's a sigil. <laughs> well, uh, we could wipe. The, I'm sorry. Let's wrap this up with the uh, current with your album of the year for last year. Unless something current has piqued your interest. There we go. Album for last year. Unless something's piqued your interest. My album for last year was uh, "The Lurch" by Yaucha. It was a fucking phenomenal record. Love yeah, that band. So- yeah, I, I got into them a few years ago. A friend sent them to me, and it was just one of those, like, why has no one sent me this sooner, or why haven't I heard of them sort of bands? It's fucking perfect for me, man. Um, yeah, they, they've they got that sort of, you know, hard to define thing. It's like, what are they? Like, what what is Yelcher? Like, it's not noise rock. It's not grindcore, but it's got blast beats, and it's got kind of, I don't know, noise rocky passages it's just fucking great and and they got riffs that's that's the other things like it kind of made me uh appreciate the riff again it's not just doesn't have to be all fucking noisy scronky scronky i like the word scronky (laughs) yeah uh but yeah the lurch by yaucha fucking absolutely great album yeah i've been really shit listening to music um that isn't fucking the Beatles or country music the last couple of years. So yeah, that one stood out. Alrighty. Yeah, um, I think I've kind of again with as Dan said, I've sort of been pretty shit on keeping up to date with things that have come out over the last year. And if I have, I've forgotten about it. Like I really like the last Gojira and both and the last Mastodon albums. And I know they're bands that people like to shit on because they don't sound like what they used to sound like. But as far from a songwriting perspective, they're both really, really good. Uh, the Socioclast EP, which is uh, ex-members have been discussed. That's fucking killer for that sort of like Gulf Coast grindcore sort of thing. But yeah, there's the sort of thing that's like, ask me again next week and I'll probably think of something else that's come out that I've forgotten about. But that's my pick at the moment. Alrighty. And Simon? Um, I was going to make a joke about psychosexual or something. I don't know if you know that. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the ex drummer from Slice to Your Death Punch, and he's got this pervy little band where he dresses up like a devil and he wants to be everyone's daddy dom. And he made like 11 albums about like pussy. And, uh, what the fuck? It's <laughs> awful. Yeah, I'm it. surprised, but I'm not surprised. You know? <laughs> I, I recommend if you like, if you want to like lose all interest in music and become like an old prospector or something. But I think the, the best album for me last year is um, a, uh, an underground UK band called Grand Collapse, and they released their third record, uh, Empty Plinths. And uh, um, Calvin, the singer from Grand Collapse, is like a super good friend of mine, and he, he recently um, sort of suddenly passed away. And uh, I think people need to listen to this record because they are, in my opinion, like the best 
like musically the best punk band the UK ever produced. Like it's that's a, that's um, a big uh, uh, thing there for you to say. I don't know what I'm saying, but it's uh, there's like some pretty pretty big bands from the UK. Uh, like uh, yeah, and, um, <laughs> and, and I'm not just saying that because they're my bros and because Calvin gone. Like um, there's like been only a few bands that have like moved me to tears from watching them play live, and they're one of them. Uh, I, they're like, if if the UK ever came close to making its own propaganda, it's it's Grand Collapse. So go check out Empty Plimps by Grand Collapse, and it will blow your dick out of your ass. <laughs> okay, I, I'd rather keep my dick where it is, so I might not check it out <laughs> then. <laughs> but is there anything else you guys want to say? Close this out. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you for coming. Yeah. On. And, and thank and thanks to everybody that's checked out our new record and said nice things about it because it's it yeah it's really cool and really nice to see people saying nice things about things that we we've done. You know, we kind of came into this. You know, we make music because we enjoy music and we enjoy just hanging out with our friends. So it's really cool to see a bunch of people really digging it as well. So yeah, thanks to everybody that's checked it out and and that likes it and has said nice things about it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's insane. Like, I think we thought people might like it, but um, it's it's kind of um, uh, ballooned more than I was anticipating. It's been like a bit overwhelming, and uh, it means a lot. I mean, literally, at the day after the record came out, I was playing a show with Napalm Death with my other band, and Dan was doing merch, and they were playing one of the songs on the record over the PA, like just when people were walking into the. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, this record came out yesterday. And it, it was it was a big moment of like, oh, shit. I think people are actually listening to this. And it's, oh, oh dear. But yeah, thank you. for, for <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Honestly, I think y'all have like a really bright future ahead of y'all. So like, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. Thanks, man. So if you're looking for the, sorry, if you're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, you better watch out because it's actually Caged in Gold, the sophomore album from Helpless, which came out back hey. in March through Church Road Records. Uh, you can find this stuff at helplessnoise.bandcamp.com. Uh, you guys are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Bandcamp. Yeah, y'all were Twitter. Yeah, Bandcamp, uh, YouTube, and all streaming platforms. Am I missing any kind of social thing or... No, we try to avoid it, to be honest. <laughs> I was getting that vibe. Uh, <laughs> as for my channel, drop me a follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to services. Also get some access to exclusive emotes. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube folks, if you enjoyed the video, please tickle the notification bell. Don't forget to leave a like and subscribe for free. Um, find me on, uh, sorry, check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation, at the Ends Creation at Bandcamp.com. My album, Boomer Zoomers, Desperate Coomers, is out now. Uh, my next guest is Virginia-based mathcore act, TVLPA. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, say that in one word, but TVLPA is what I got here. Uh, join us this Wednesday, the 13th, at 7 p.m. Central for the live cast. Thanks for being here, guys. Hope you had a good time. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Very good. Thank you. And thank you guys for watching and listening. Bye.